Welcome to episode 20 of the Communication Air podcast. This is the Community Patch Notes episode of the R- What Makes Games Worth Full Price. I could not remember what but last week's it. episode was, but now I got it. I understand. And uh, that was a fun conversation. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. But before we get into it, we have a very special guest with us. Our first patron... <laughs> and probably maybe one of the calmest people on the internet, Jeff Troydvania. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all your all your videos are very soothing. So welcome, Jeff. How you doing? I'm I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. I cut Johnny off, so I just want to say it's Jeff Troyvania. I, I I didn't want your name to go un, unnoticed as I was interrupting. So. Yeah, well, I'll have I'll have all the links in the show notes and description and everything, but Jeff, give a people give the people a little bit of a breakdown of what you do on the internet. Uh, I make very chill video game videos. <laughs> That's facts. Like that is one hundred percent true. They mm-hmm. are super chill. Yeah. I try to not go too fast. You know, keep a good cadence and. You know, try to be non-biased as much as possible, as positive as much as possible. You know, it's it's tough. It's it's tough in these days when it's easy to be negative to get to get those views. <laughs> right. So it's it's like a lot more work, but it, I think it's worth it. Uh, and funny, funny that you say you call me calm. Uh, between my friends, there's a joke where someone will just randomly yell at me, "Calm down, Jeff." <laughs> <laughs> that is and funny. I'll just like be standing there doing nothing. Even listening to you, like right now, like you're just so <laughs> calm. I don't know if it's your voice or I don't know what it is, but it's just soothing and calming. Well, we haven't we haven't talked about Starfield yet. I feel like maybe. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm gonna, gonna to... I'm gonna I'm gonna get Jeff angered, riled up. I've seen him drop some f bombs on Twitter, so who knows what's gonna happen? Oh. Yeah, uh, I I apologize if I do that on this show by accident because when I'm speaking candidly, it just comes out sometimes. So I don't know if you edit <laughs> that or anything. You would be well, if, if it happens, I'll maybe, hold on. Do I have any paper? It's funny because in my videos, I don't. I I I rarely ever say any. I don't even say like the little ones. Mm-hmm. But the uh, little ones. <laughs> the little ones. But uh, if I'm like if I'm when I'm streaming, I just speak candidly and that it's how I talk normally. So it just comes right out. Yeah, well, hopefully I, mean, I don't, hopefully I don't entice you for a Starfield yeah. F bomb because it might, it might happen. But it, I'll, I'll no, it, no worries. If, if it, if it happens, I'll, uh, I'll edit, I'll write down the, the timestamp and edit it out. It's not a big deal. Yeah, just, just use the old sprawling sound. Just put it cover. Yeah, the, my, my voice. yeah I think I do have the, I think I do have the bleep sound. So, you know, well, I need. Yeah. I do need a soundboard to <laughs> to, to make sure <laughs> spice up the podcast a little bit. I think well, well, you know Johnny. Johnny wasn't lying when he said that your videos are are so calm and like oh, they're one of my favorite videos to watch when they pop up on YouTube. Just because I already know what I'm in for, and it's and it's like you're cleansing everyone's timeline. Oh, thank you. So it's <laughs> yeah. one of the nicest things I've actually ever heard. So for anyone that is listening, please go follow Jeff Troyvania. Again, we'll put all of the links in the show notes. But, I mean, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not following and, and listening. 
to everything that he has to say. It's it's just it's really really good and just it's calming. Like that's the best way to put it. Uh, but you also have a uh, a podcast, the Jeff yeah. Trevania podcast. It's it's what I like to call the on and off on again and off again podcast because my friend Rob and I that do the podcast we are both really busy. And mm-hmm. sometimes we just can't find the time. And I think the last time we recorded was over a month ago at this point. So we just yeah. will randomly pop up with an episode and just like, but sometimes it's better that way because sometimes there's just nothing to talk about. So yeah, but it's, it's obviously a, a podcast around your love of Metroidvanias. How, how did that start? Uh, you know, what's funny is that I actually, I never realized that I was a fan of Metroidvanias until, uh, until Dread came out. Oh, and then I was so. Is that a Metroidvania? Is it a Metroid yeah. game, right? I would say. I mean, it it would be weird to not call a Metroid <laughs> game a Metroidvania, but uh, yeah, I mean that that was coming out, and I was like, people were like, "Oh, Metroid Prime Four not not coming out," but I'm like, "Yeah, but like we're getting another 2D Metroid." And then I was thinking about it, I'm like, the last few games I played that I loved were like the the, the Ori games, mm-hmm. Guacamelee, Hollow Knight. I'm like, wow, okay, I'm I. I'm basically playing, if I'm not playing a Bethesda RPG, I'm playing a Metroidvania. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, played Blasphemous? That just came out. I didn't play the first one yet. That is a Metroidvania. Uh, yeah. They are very they are very good, but they are like, I don't know if you like the, like, weir- they're weird. Like, uh, the lore and the, the, the art style. It reminds me of Dark Souls, like that kind of weird... Like gothic, yeah, goth, yeah, goth. That's a good, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But uh, they are fantastic games, so I I recommend them if you like Metroidvanias. I'm, yeah, I've got one for you. Maybe maybe you've played it. I don't know. Yoku's Island Express. Have you played that one? Is it the one that's like like almost like pinball? It's a pinball Metroidvania. Yeah, no, I've heard of it. I haven't played that one either. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's you know just different, know. but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well. Before we get into the actual episode, we got some server maintenance. We got... Yeah, we do. I tried to not make any comments this time because I was going to be on it. I thought you did. <laughs> maybe maybe not. Oh, maybe did maybe I, that was on Twitter. Maybe that I, was on Twitter. You know, I might have just out of this <laughs> habit, I guess. But I, I like tried to not not make any comments so that you didn't just only read me, my comments. And sometimes I'll listen to an episode <laughs> and it'll be like, Jeff Tredvania says again. I'm like... Sorry. No, we appreciate it. We appreciate yeah. Eddie and all <laughs> interactions. Uh, but yeah, we so we got 137 subs on YouTube now. Yeah, I think That's that went up exciting. like 10 from the last episode. Yeah, I might have told my subscribers for my birthday that I wanted uh, <laughs> them to check out the podcast YouTube. So nice. might have got a couple from there. Uh, and we did officially start the Patreon, and Jeff was the first patron. We have yeah, uh, it's gonna be. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, we have <laughs> a, another one, uh, Mikey the Time Wizard. Is that what it, he goes by? Yeah, Mikey the RPG King. Okay, well he yeah. uh, he signed up for the early access section, but we have not started recording early access, so you, you might have to wait a little bit to get early access. Might be like a week or two. But yeah, but we'll, we will we'll get make there. sure. Yeah, we already have a plan for it and everything. Uh, we just need to need to get there. Yeah. 
Uh, and make sure you drop reviews on Spotify, Apple, Google. We're also on Amazon Music now. Yeah. Not just any reviews, five-star reviews. Yeah, five-star reviews. We got a four-star review. There was no written response. And it's probably because Cheesy said Mario sucks on the last episode. Oh, I, I was going to blame it on you because I just feel like that's a that's an easy out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, leave us five-star reviews to offset that four-star. And uh, <laughs> Whoever you are, write your four-star review. Let us know why. <laughs> Great podcast, but one of the hosts just loves that Mario Edition Switch coming out. Oh, my God. He said it was nice. It looked nice. <laughs> Meat Rider. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there later. All right, so uh, let's get into this. The first thing I need to ask, this is a new thing for guests. I just thought of it. Well, I, mm. we've probably been thinking about this before. But Super Mario Bros. 3 or Super Mario World? Oh, jeez. So, I'm going to break your heart and say that Super Mario World is better, in my opinion. But yes. that, might, that might be nostalgia for me, because Super Mario World was huge. It was, like, one of the first Nintendo games I played. So Yeah. I'm actually going to so, start a tally in this little <laughs> Google Doc. So, I mean, different real- games, though, because, like, the... I feel like Mario Bros in general, just the series in general was more about the levels and Mario world is more about the, the overworld than mm-hmm. the individual levels where, so I mean, yeah. it's yeah. a very different experience, even though it's 2d sad scrolling platformer, you know? So I don't know what it was since, you know, I always got to give a update on my homework. I'm going to do it <laughs> for myself because for Johnny's birthday, which was yesterday. Happy birthday, Johnny. Happy birthday, Johnny. Thank you. I decided that I would beat Super Mario Bros. 3. It was on World 8, and I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. And I beat it, and I was happy that I beat it. And then I was like, I kind of want to play Super Mario World now just to see what it's like after playing Super Mario Bros. 3. And I, no joke, immediately was having more fun. Wow. Wow. This is like, this is so painful to listen to. Because Super Mario Bros. 3 is, like, it's so special. Not just to me, but just, like, in general. What it did and right. how it was received and, and like, how it could... Just the power-ups are fantastic. The levels are fantastic. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I honestly don't think it has aged well. And, like, a lot of, You're wrong. of that game... A lot of that game, excuse my language, is a lot of... Right, Whoa! Right that time down. Whoa! Got to edit that one out. It wasn't me. Eleven. <laughs> it wasn't me, guys. I don't, it's just like a lot of nonsense that happens. Like the, the smallest thing could touch Mario's big toe, and he dies. I, and like it's so unpredictable too from enemies. Like I don't know, man. I just did not enjoy it as much as I am already enjoying Super Mario World, but I will admit Super Mario World is easier than 3. Yeah, because they knew people like you were going to play it 20 years down the line and Uh be like, Super Mario Bros. 3 is so hard. Yeah, but Super Mario World, look, it's so inviting. They're like, this is cheesy. (laughs) Spoilers for a 30-year-old game, Super Mario Bros. 3 probably has the best Bowser fight. Is really a spoiler alert? 
Yeah, no, it's just like, a joke. Like, Bowser and Mario. <laughs> wow, you you really think that that it has oh, the yeah. best Bowser yeah, fight? Yeah. yeah, I mean, all the all other right. ones are like jump on his. Well, I guess yeah, like jump on his head or like throw items at him. This one you have to like make him kill himself, which is so clever. Huh. Okay. I mean, I think you can argue that with like Super Mario Galaxy. I mean, you have to get him to go in a certain direction in order for him. Yeah, but to... you still have to like hit him with stuff. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay. I don't know. That's that's interesting. I would like to hear what people have to say about what is their favorite Bowser fight. But anyway, that's my update. Super Mario World is better. Jeff agrees. Let's get this show on the road. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. This is a very long comment. It is. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll talk about Star, Starfield later, but we'll uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. get into some comments first. Uh, I made sure that we have some uh, some Starfield comments in here, so we're good. Uh, Scrib. Ubiquitous, please let us know how to say your name. I think it's Scribicius. It? I think it's Scribicious. How do you say? Scribicius. Scribicius. Let us know. Uh, episode nineteen. This one's a goodie. I'll keep it brief so all my patch notes get a shot on air. Video games, art, or product. After working on an artist's uh, Hamming Lear documentary. I lean toward product like furniture, cards, devices, iPhones, silverware, toys, board games, etc. They all go through a creative process, but are more mass produced. What determines game prices and value? Production costs, the platform, which can affect affected due to different development and distribution costs, editions such as limited special or collector editions, uh, region due to market fluctuations, reputation, and branding of the game. Supply and demand marketing strategy all play a role. Also, consumer perception plays a role in pricing. How consumers perceive the value of the game, considering aspects like gameplay experience, replayability, content, a strong player base, genre slash personal preferences, culture, and nostalgic appeals such as Super Mario Bros. And yes, developers and publishers all know how their target audience views the value. Ultimately, Consumers might set game prices. No artwork equates to intention, design, aesthetic, context, limited editions, originality, and the creator's intent. My question for you, Jeff, do you see video games as art or as a product? Um, my, well, firstly, that mm -hmm. was a lot. And it was a lot. It was yeah, a lot. Not, 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 nothing against the person that, that commented that because that was very well thought through. Yeah. <laughs> but I was getting a little lost at that at some point. But um, I would say, uh, I'd say video games are art. That's mm -hmm. Video games and movies are a weird art because they are also mass produced like a product. But the actual game itself is art, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I actually read an article today about how 2023 is a bad year for gaming, what? which was a great headline. <laughs> but the actual article itself was how video game companies are suffering and develop. Well, developers are suffering and the people that are working on these games and, and layoffs and that 
they're putting in their their hard time and and games don't come out when they're supposed to and Mm -hmm. so it's just been basically crunch um and one of the points that they pointed out is like we haven't had a new rockstar game since red dead redemption 2 and within that time marvel has put out 15 different movies yeah that's yeah, true. but they're still making like an astronomical amount of money off of GTA Five. Yeah, they've yeah, been making that, that... money off of GTA Five since the Xbox 360, PS3 era. That's mm-hmm. that game's been out for a very, very long time. But that was basically what the article was saying: is that uh, it doesn't matter how long GTA Six is going to take because they're going to make their money in tenfolds, right? Like they're going to make so much that they don't even know what to do with it. But that's not going to be for every developer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there's there's ones that are very profitable, like Nintendo is very profitable, PlayStation's mm-hmm. uh, their video game division is very profitable. But you know, some of these other like. Uh, who just shut down the one that made the Saint the new Saints um, Row game? Bioware? No. No, I don't remember what the developer's name was. But they were the they were the developers of Saints Row. They've been around for 30 years mm-hmm. and they just they shut shut their door. They closed their doors because mm-hmm. I mean, I know that Saints Row did not sell well. That the new mm-hmm. one, the reboot or whatever it was. Yep. So I don't I mean I agree with you. I think video games are art no matter how you look at it even if they are being mass produced like that is art is anything that pulls at your emotions or or gets you feeling something and I think video games definitely do that. I would say I would add maybe some games are a product. Maybe some games like and hmm. I don't want to piss off anybody who plays these games games Call like Duty. Madden. <laughs> yeah, Call of Duty, Battlefield, uh, FIFA, any sports game really that comes out every year. Uh, you only need to update a sports game once every like five years and just update the rosters with a DLC. But they release a brand new full price title every year. That and it's not like they're not making money. money because they have the ultimate teams or whatever they're called in the in those games the the card packs, and they're making money like hand over fist. On those things yeah. that's where most of their money comes from um and yeah I, I mean i agree i think those are seen more as like, like you said pro like uh products and they're only to generate revenue that's not to say that people plenty of people play those games and have a lot of fun playing them so i mean all the power to you if those are the games you play buy them and play them i was so just playing madden game. yesterday i played madden like yesterday because football started and I always have to make the Eagles win a Super Bowl to feel something. Can you make the Broncos just win a game? <laughs> the Eagles at least won yesterday. Jeff, are you an NFL fan? I, I don't I'm I don't follow any sports. I'm I'm very oh. much a nerd. Okay. That's okay. You don't yes. need that stress in your life. That oh, I, no, that yeah. makes a lot of sense actually. That's why you're so <laughs> calm is because you don't follow any sports. Right. I saw I saw a meme. It was like 
All right, it's time. It's time for me. It's that time of year where a team that doesn't even know I exist is gonna dictate my mood for four months. <laughs> I was uh, at my friend's house yesterday. We were to watch football, and I was talking to my my wife before it, and she was like, "She's like, who's playing?" I'm like, "I have no idea. Couldn't tell you." And then we got we got there, and I'm like, "Who's playing?" And my friend's just like, "I don't know. Basically, everybody." Go. <laughs> that helps. That really helps. You could just name some animal, and you'll probably be yeah, right. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Just My, two the, animals. The reason why I I got into it, and, and uh, I, I like football a lot, and I like baseball a lot, um, but like I realize it's because my family like ingrained it into my brain. Like my, my nephew just had a birthday party. He's seven years old. Uh, a couple weeks ago and I was there and like a few of my aunts were there and my dad was there. They were all like upset or I don't know about upset is the right word, but they were all checking the score of the Phillies game like constantly. Like they were, <laughs> they weren't uh, interacting. They were just like looking on their phone trying to see how the Phillies were doing. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah that's where that comes from. <laughs> You want to read the next comment? Yeah, so so these are from the Discord. I don't think we said to join the Discord yet, but you should. Mm -hmm. We need... Yeah, there's cool people in there. And thanks for all the birthday wishes in there. I appreciate it. This is from Turtley78. Video games might be the one best value for money products around. For example, Tears of the Kingdom is worth arguably a dollar or so per hour, and even games like Metroid Dread are less than $10 per hour, comparing this to a movie which might be 5 to $15 an hour, depending on how long it is. Hmm. So, Jeff, you you played Tears of the Kingdom, right? Yeah. Do you think that was worth the $10 increase? I I don't know if it was worth the $10 increase. It I think they did a lot to make it not exactly the same as Breath of the Wild. They added enough things that it felt like a new game. Uh, $60? Absolutely. I, I'm not sold on the idea that it was worth $70. I, really... I, I only paid like 40 bucks for it because I got eShop credit at Costco for like 20 bucks off for $100 and then I bought the, the vouchers for that $100 and then I bought two games so I got it for like 40 bucks. Which I there, think that's a great deal. But I mean, if you, if you can't do that, I, I don't know. 70? I don't know. There, there's a yeah. cynical part of me that makes me think that they increase it to $70 to promote the game vouchers to get more people into their digital ecosystem. That makes mm. sense. Because like when you buy one digital game, it's not like you're going to stop. Buy, like You're just going to be buying digital games from now on. You're not going to. You're not really going to alternate. Yeah, it also saves them money so they don't have to make game cases and which is, you know, I like I I know that that's the direction that we're headed. It's the, it's the truth. It's hard to admit, but like I, I I get it from a business standpoint, like they're just saving money that way. All right. But they mentioned they mentioned a movie. What was the movie? No, they just said they just mentioned movies. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think. I don't think some movies are worth what you pay to see them at. 
Yeah. But uh, that's actually, I don't know if it's a law or just like a unwritten rule or something that would, if you, especially in the theaters, when you go see a movie, that a movie has to cost the same one for one ticket for any movie because movie theaters were charging less money for the movies they thought were going to be bad. And if in that, because they charged more for other movies, people thought those were the good movies and only went to see those. So mm. prices were kind of like regulated in that sense. I, I um, never, never knew that. Yeah. That's why you pay like one price for a ticket and then you just go see the movie you buy the ticket for. And you don't pay like $3 for like the, the, the CGI movie that someone pumped out for like, you know, $500,000 and you, you know, instead of paying like $50 to go see like the big time production. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think ticket prices have been going up here. I think I'm at like $16 for a normal non 3d movie. Only two dimensions. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, then they release like I went to see Ninja Turtles and it's already out on digital. Like mm-hmm. they came out a month ago. But like, okay, so based off of the comment that was made, how many hours did you put into Tears of the Kingdom, Jeff? I don't know. I could probably pull it up and tell you. I don't know offhand. I didn't. I didn't finish it. Oh, I got, I got caught up in other games, and then I yeah. just never went back to it. Wow. Yeah. I think that's Not how a lot of people think. Of... <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, I think that's how a lot of people are. At least when I talk to them about Tears of the Kingdom, it's either that there were more games that they just moved on to, or it's just so good that they don't want to finish it. Like they don't want the journey to be over. Yeah, but you chance. could still play after the fact. Sure. That being said, many... I haven't played since I rolled credits. That's what I was going to say. But I haven't, I don't know. I don't know if I would have played it if I didn't roll credits. Like there's so much out right now. Yeah. Well, you almost quit at one point. I did. I did. There is a part that I did not like that much. <laughs> it's still a uh, 10 out of 10 game. We got a comment from No Less Guy. Surprise, FOMO was not mentioned in this discussion as it helps contribute to the amount of money that the online gaming community spends when there's two to three games a month always being touted. And the desire to be part of the circle, the idea of the prices then rears its ugly head. Without social media, I would only be playing three to five games a year like we did in the old days. But now I feel the desperate desire to play games the day they're released so I can be part of the conversation. Video games are made to make a profit. They seem expensive now because the community is spending more regularly. Also, I will buy a Nintendo side-scrolling platform because they have proved for decades that they are capable of bringing a polished touch that's unmatched. It's their ultimate wheelhouse. And I know what I am getting even without knowing a good time. I agree. I mean, I agree what he said. I think we've talked about how I buy games to make content on Jeff, you make content. Do you get games just so you can make content? And then once it's out of the zeitgeist, you just stop making content on it. I haven't really been doing that. I've been trying to just make content on the games that I do buy. And then uh, if a game's on like Game Pass or something, I'll play it and I'll make a video. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, 
I don't have that money. <laughs> <to spend. laughs> I can't, I can't afford that. Uh, and, uh, to add to the FOMO thing, I feel like FOMO, like we, we you guys had an episode on, um, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I feel like FOMO is like the opposite in the opposite direction. It's almost like nostalgia keeps you playing old games of FOMO makes you play and keep playing new games and buying yeah. new games, even though you could be playing games that you already have. So it's like almost the opposite effect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess if you don't know what FOMO means, it's fear of missing out. I don't know if we have to say that. We Are you really mansplaining to our well, audience? right no, now? No, I'm just like, some people don't know. I was, uh, you talking to my partner and I said something that I thought was just normal to say. And she's like, what does that mean? Yeah, that's acceptable, but our audience haven't even said, like, what's FOMO yet? You know, we haven't even got the response. Yet! (laughs) I'm being proactive. (laughs) But I I, I just bought uh, Baldur's Gate 3 on PS5. Have not loaded it up yet. Were you talking about the customization in in Baldur's Gate? I thought... There's a lot. Yeah. In Baldur's Gate. I haven't done anything. I mean, I haven't loaded it up yet. Oh, you haven't even started playing. Yeah, I haven't started oh. yet. I haven't started yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, and I'm going to spend like three minutes on the character customization. Yeah, we Maybe we know. I spent. I s- we're, we're going into Starfield here soon, but I spent yeah. five minutes on Starfield character customization, and I have not even changed my ship. I mean, I haven't played a ton. I played like I still haven't played like since last week. I put maybe a half hour into it. The more you talk, the less we are learning, or the more we're learning about how little you have played. I've played seven and a half hours. That's what the little thing says. Yeah. On my save file. But it, it's just funny I, to hear. Work you is t- busy, like, man. Well, I don't have I'm, a ton I'm of time playing, right I'm now. I'm playing this game, uh, but I, I haven't created a ship. Well, I actually haven't even created a character. I haven't even. Oh, no, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I played for seven and a half hours, and I fast traveled. Uh-huh. For seven hours and 29 minutes. <laughs> Were you trying to find Pluto? <laughs> Spend that seven hours finding Pluto? Yeah, that's what it was. That's all seven hours, just flying to Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we are getting into the Starfield section. Would you like to start, Johnny? Well, all right. So before we get to the questions. Okay. Jeff, how do you feel about the game? Uh, well, if I were to pull up my pl- time played, it would probably say three days. Oh my goodness! You have more hours, <laughs> so which is not anywhere near some of the stuff I've seen people put on Twitter. I saw one guy put put a screenshot where he had a hundred hours. I mean, I guess I got to work. I got <laughs> you know, you spend time with the family sometimes. Yeah, you know, I gotta, but. Uh, I I completely feel like the $100 I spent on the premium digital edition totally worth it. 100% worth the price. Now, you Absolutely. are a big Bethesda person. And why why is that? Like where does that love come from? Uh I first played Morrowind back on the Xbox. Mm. And I remember that being just it's just a grand experience compared especially compared to games back then. Like really, they're especially on console back then. There wasn't mm. really any games like that, and then I just have played every single one they've made so far, and it's just 
something about it that's just the gameplay loop is just so good. I don't know, it just keeps pulling me in. So as far as like the games that have been out by Bethesda, where do you rank Starfield? It quickly became my favorite. Whoa, nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, we should get into these YouTube <laughs> comments then. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to like these YouTube comments. I'm ready for them. Any, so this is... Any, any criticism anyone has about it, I probably have myself. So go for it. Oh. All right, so this is from Gotham. The thing I loved about Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls in general is in between cities when you're traveling back and forth or just exploring, there was so much in the world, like running into random bandits or people in and around their homes, out in, out in the middle of nowhere or in little towns. Starfield is literally, literally just questing in cities and ab- abandoned stations. If you try to run around and explore planets, from what I've seen, they're lifeless. Most of the dialogue options end with the same result, so they just let you think that you have freedom of choice. I'm 20 hours in, and as of right now, I give the game 7 out of 10. It's fun, but I kind of regret buying it. I mean, all right, so from, from what I've played of, of the game, like I said, I'm only 7 hours in, it is a lot of fast traveling between quest line, like quest points. But I'm not I'm not doing side like I haven't done much of the side content, so I'm just doing like the main quest. So I'm just like traveling. They tell me to go here, I just go there. Like I'm not like flying to different planets around. I suppose I just been playing it differently than everybody else. Uh, I will start going on a quest, like a side quest, main quest, whatever. It'll say go to this star system. I'll go there and I'll see a space station sitting there, and I'll be like. I got to find out what that is and I fly towards it and then you can hail it. And if you don't get anything back or you get like any kind of weird message back, there's stuff there. So I, you dock on the space station, fight a bunch of enemies, find a bunch of stuff. And then I leave and then end up landing on the planet to go to do the quest. But then I, I'm like, well, what's over there? And I just go in that direction and I will literally like, I'd be like, I meant to, to jump on this game and do this one quest. And I'll be like four hours in just, doing anything else besides that quest that's funny i so you you mentioned space stations i am an i must be an idiot or i'm doing it wrong because i cannot figure out how to dock these things like i know you have to put the scanner on but i just keep running into it and i don't know what i'm doing wrong you have to so you have to be uh five less than 500 meters away and then you when you're looking at it you press a and it gives you options it gives you a to hail it and X the dock to it. Okay, that's why I think I wasn't pressing A. Like I was just like, oh, it should pop up to say dock or hail, and it, it does, just yeah, wasn't. The game doesn't. The game doesn't really teach you that. That's one criticism that I I've heard and I agree with. The game doesn't really tell you how to play it unless you jump into the main story right away. But if you get on the ship, the when you right when you get the ship and you do whatever else, you, you're learning on absolutely on your own time. <laughs> <laughs> the, the game does not does not teach you along the way. And actually there's tutorial things that pop up in the top that only come up to teach you things when you're doing it in the main quest and you never see them if you're doing them otherwise. Oof. So if you just go off on your own, like I did, I had to learn everything about the game myself. That's <laughs> so, kind of why I, I yeah. was wanting to do the main story because I'm like, I, I need to learn the mechanics of this game before I try to do anything else. Because I've never really played a Bethesda RPG. I played some Skyrim but I never really played Fallout and uh, 
what else? Oblivion. So. Oh, our next comment is from uh, Zeriel nine one four eight. That I think the issue is bigger than just the space travel. You fast travel everywhere in a way you didn't in Skyrim. There's not much appreciating of majestic landscapes or exploring and finding uncharted hotspots. You just move between loading screens. And the disjointed, unpleasant feeling of doing so is magnified by how bad the UI is, especially the map UI. So, what about again, the... it sounds like the what you were explaining is not what you are feeling like you, you feel like you are exploring and finding like these majestic areas. Is that true? So the game, it feels like the game really wants you to land your ship exactly where the quest marker is. So a lot of people tend to do that. They'll land right next to the quest marker. They'll do the quest and then they'll be like, well, let's go to the next quest and then they'll leave. But I, I land, I pick a spot on the planet anywhere and I land and I get out of the ship, and I just find stuff. So there is plenty of exploration if you go out of your way to find it, but the game doesn't make you explore like in the same way that like Skyrim does because you can't fast travel to Rorikstead without having to have been there, and you can't get there without walking there. But in Starfield, you could fast travel basically anywhere. So if you want to... So you go to the planet and you, you see like the thing you need to get to. You can land on exactly that spot. So it, 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 they do take away from some of the exploration that way, but you can play it in a way that lets you explore. But I think most people aren't doing that. Yeah, I think that was a quality of life thing because they probably thought that if they just let you on your own, like explore wherever, that's just going to get overwhelming. Yeah. And they give you the option to fast travel, but then there's other things that like the inventory is just kind of like overwhelming and you don't really know what anything does. And I, I get overcumbered encumbered like immediately. So it's the, it's the, it's the Bethesda game where you get over encumbered <laughs> the quickest. I think, I think they're, I think they were going, I mean, they were going for a more realistic sci-fi. So I think the things and the items in the game weigh more, and you can carry less. So I think what they're mm. trying to do is either give you a sense of you need to really figure out what's worth what and to drop things that aren't worth what you want it to be, and uh, or to go with like the traits like extrovert and like have a companion that will carry stuff for you, and that like gives you bonuses. So you they give it's like a different way to play. But yeah, it I've found myself in the very beginning like trying to pick up everything. And you don't get like halfway through like a, a base for you're just walking slow. So do you prefer this kind of gameplay? Like, would you want to see Bethesda do the same thing or kind of go back to what it was in like Skyrim? Uh, I guess it depends on the game because if they were going to, for the Elder Scrolls six, I don't want to see the same way they're doing it now. I'd want it to be more like Skyrim or more like Oblivion. Uh-huh. You have one big one open map, and you could travel wherever you want just by foot. Like I don't, I wouldn't want you to to be able to fast travel literally, literally everywhere right off the bat, or like to only be able to to really get to certain places by fast traveling. I don't think that's a good idea for that or for Fallout. But if they mm-hmm. make a Starfield two, it you know down the line, 
I think they could still make it like this, but I'm sure they'll probably, there's probably a lot of changes they wanted to do. They probably can if they make a sequel. Now, like, was it advertised that it was going to be kind of open world and that you were going to be able to fly to all of these different planets instead of just fast traveling? Or was that our own perception of what we picked up the game was going to be, but they never actually said? I think maybe it's a little bit of both. Uh, I know that Todd Howard is very fantastical with how he explains his games. Uh So uh, a lot of people call him... Uh, they're saying he's a liar and all this stuff. Well, maybe he's not a liar. He's just a, uh, an, he's a salesman that embellishes his product. Yeah. But he was, he called it unprecedented exploration. So I think a lot of people had some kind of expectation of being able to go wherever you want at any time. And I guess you c- kind of can, but there are limitations. Um, but also, he also said in interviews that like there's certain things they wanted to add, like, you can't fly the ship directly manually down onto a planet or from the planet up into space. And he said that would take another like two or three years to build that. But mm-hmm. they would decide to go with, to focus on the RPG aspect. But there were still a lot of people who started Starfield and tried to fly into a planet, even though they made it very clear that that was never going to be a thing. Hmm. So I don't know where the communication got lost there, but. You're saying there was a communication error? <laughs> yeah. It was. Nice. We we got to get a little ding whenever that happens. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think maybe it's the brown jacket is to blame whenever Todd Howard is speaking. I think it has control over him. And yeah. uh, he he doesn't actually get to talk. He's he's just a puppet. I mean, I, brown I jacket think is the the brown puppet jacket master. is a sentient being. It's yeah, yeah. A haunted jacket. <laughs> I think. I think Starfield is a case of people setting expectations that they could never realistically hit, right? Because mm-hmm. they were thinking that you know Microsoft has been kind of struggling with their with their games lately. Like there ha- there haven't been phenomenal games like PlayStation has. So everybody was expecting Starfield to be this like generational defining game, and may- maybe it is. But maybe it's not what people are were hoping for, or put like they put they put Bethesda on this pedestal because of Skyrim and and Fallout and, and Oblivion. But there was no possible way that Starfield could have lived up to those expectations. The only ones that could do that are Nintendo with Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that's next? it for the oh the Starfield section. Starfield section. So, oh, what there was no he didn't drop an f bomb or what? What could I say to get him to drop an f bomb? <laughs> I did. Too I did calm, want, man. I, I did. You know, every every single thing you could say that's negative about Starfield is something that I've considered and thought about and seen on Twitter already. So, <laughs> I I did want to say that I chose the trait. Adoring fan with that, me too, with that guy, and uh, man, that is an ego boost. He's like, I can't believe I'm in the same room with you. Like you're amazing. <laughs> Every you time we get on the gear, ship, when you trade gear, he says that he's legally signed over all of his belongings to you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's a, of course this, of course that's the one I chose. I don't know. <laughs> 
I actually usually play as the, I usually pick introvert and I usually have no companions, but this time I decided to switch it up. So I have a adoring fan follow me around. Nice. But. Yeah. Cheesy, I know you don't have an Xbox, but like, I don't know if you've seen anything that makes you want to get it. I mean, I don't know. So to me, I guess I would have loved the idea of it being more open world than just fast traveling. Cause I think that is, you know, going back to like breath of the wild tears of the kingdom. That is kind of what makes the fun of it for me and the, the joy of, of being distracted. And it sounds like there are some of those distractions, like you were explaining Jeff, but like the way that I had perceived Starfield, I think it's kind of how everybody else did, which is like, get lost and discover. Like I, I think maybe that is the issue and and I could be in my own bubble, but I really haven't seen too many videos of people going, wow, like this is crazy. I had no idea that this was in this game. And you know, you like see the I, potatoes not, video. I did see the potatoes. Yeah. Oh, that's the 20, that, was, that was great. Videos. I yeah. think, I think you just maybe have to just wait for, for me to make some videos on it and then you'll see. Okay. It. Yeah. 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 Uh, see, here's the thing that no one really talks about is that uh, in Starfield, you can travel to like dozens of real stars in the Milky Way galaxy mm. and their their planetary system. So that's not like Bethesda didn't make those things up. Like they're it's all really in the observable universe. But you can go to any star system and land on any planet at any time whenever you want. So it's it is really open world. It's open galaxy mm-hmm. in that sense. But the game guides you to do quests in a way where people don't go out of their way to explore it so i got the achievement and it was a diamond achievement because not a lot of people got it but it was like congratulations you visited 20 star systems wow and i was like that's awesome and i said that somebody and they were like you went to 20 different ones like i went to three <laughs> like tw- i'm like I, I, by the time i even mentioned that i'd probably had gone to 10 more <laughs> i just go i just will be like what's in this star system and i'll go mm-hmm. there and i'll just find random stuff like a yeah. guy that makes a joke about Uranus and another <laughs> guy that tries to sell you extended warranties on your ship and you it's... know a, a casino a space a space casino mm-hmm. that was in Star Wars yeah I was in Star Wars yeah there is there is one place I want to go to I mean it's not that like fancy but it's Mars because Doom is a is a Bethesda property, they did tweet something about Mars, but I don't know. I haven't seen if they if there's any Doom stuff on Mars. I've been to Mars plenty of times, but I didn't actually like look around. I only went to the there's like one main like mining station you go to for some quests. That's all I've been to. Hmm. So yeah, so that's that's what I'm on the lookout for. Um, Enough about Starfield. We're Nintendo yeah, fanboys. I'm- the names Jer says Mario Golf Super Rush would definitely have been easier to accept as a $40 game. I definitely think this idea that side scrollers are inherently worthless is really silly. I remember people saying Metroid Dread should have been $40. I don't understand how people can see that game or something like Super Mario Bros. Wonder as anything but a full $60 experience. And yes, I agree that there's also this weird idea that indie games are worth less simply because they're indie games. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk was easily worth the $40 and probably could have been more expensive with how complete 
of an experience it was. Do you think the Metroid Dread is a full price game? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I I think, well, I, I'm always pointing out when it is on sale, which is not a lot, but uh-huh. I think it I think it is worth $60. If you went and bought it today, I think so. But I mean, I played through it on every difficulty probably twice. Like, I mean, it's just like one of those games that I play a lot. But I mean, there's also like, like he was saying, there's a lot of indie games that are probably $60 games, but because they're an indie studio, people don't want to pay $60. They don't think it's worth it. It's like how many people delved into dozens of hours of Hollow Knight mm-hmm. that you paid $15 for? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, that game should be worth more than $15. Well, what? I mean, like Silk Song, maybe $30? It might be. I mean, maybe we'll if we get to buy it ever. <laughs> yeah, that game exists. I don't know if that game exists. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're being lied to. But yeah, we did talk about indie play. games last time uh, about them seemingly not being, or people see them as not worth as much as you know these AAA studios. But like, I put more time into Vampire Survivors than I have. Like, I don't even know. Starfield. Yeah, definitely. I definitely put more time into Vampire Survivors than Starfield. <laughs> I've also played a lot of Vampire Survivors. It's easy to play a lot of Vampire Survivors. Yeah, because it's a 30-minute well, run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, like oh, I, I could do better. I I, uh, I found this, this Evo that, like, I want to try out. Like, it's so good. Oh, man, it's worth five bucks. It's uh, everybody better buy Vampire Survivors. That's okay, 60, so you, you sixty dollar game you can get for five dollars. Oh, easily, <laughs> easily. Johnny, you played uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Do you think it could have been more than forty dollars? Uh, it looks like a PlayStation One game. But or, like or, aesthetically, or isn't that isn't that what they were going for? Yeah, but I, I don't know. I haven't played a, a ton of it. It is really good what I've played of it. But it, it feels like Jet Set Radio. And Jet Set Radio came out on what the Xbox or I forget what it came out on. Yeah, so Dreamcast, I, right? Well, Jet Grind Radio was on Dreamcast. Jet Set Radio Future was on Xbox. Which I think oh, okay. Bomb Rush is probably supposed to be more like Jet Set Radio Future, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, so I, it feels like it's a game from that era. So... No, I don't think it would be sixty. Do you do you like the forty dollar price tag? No, that's high <laughs> <laughs> because it's an indie game now. But the, oh, no. trying to think of like other indie games that got that high, I I can't think of many. Like yeah. thirty dollars is is the cap. Like uh, Blasphemous Two came out as thirty dollars, mm. and that's a two D pixelated. Metroidvania. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like Hades, I think is. I think it's twenty five. Twenty. Yeah, twenty five. That's worth. That's worth it easily. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, more people should play indie games. Like it's just. Hundred yeah. percent. I showed a, a video of my collection on TikTok, and people are like, "Oh, that looks like a lot of mobile games." Jeez. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. 
anyway. That's awful. Woolis, but the root. Oh, I was just going to say, speaking of, you know, high, uh, high value, high valued indie games. (laughs) This this is a triple A developer. What are you talking about? (laughs) Woolis, the rune knight said, how do I get on this show and get to debate Johnny about how valuable the switch calculator is? I don't know what he's saying because I think that thing's (laughs) worth infinite amount of money. That is my cash cow. That is my cash cow. Like literally amount of money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think like the amount of money I made off of that. I don't think I could even use that calculator to calculate. I think you got to give some context because even though it may be pretty well known that you have (laughs) a calculator game on switch, not, not I don't think it's an actual calculator. I know, but that's effectively a game. Yeah. Yeah, so there, yeah, for context, if you don't know me, I've made countless videos about this calculator on Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's just a calculator. It's like the same one that you can get on your phone. It's uh, $10. Like, that's the full retail price. You, it's usually on sale for like $2. And I do not recommend it unless you're making content or like you're trying to make profit off of it because it is not where it's just a calculator. Just use your phone. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good investment for me. Mm-hmm. Cause and like every other video has the calculator game in your, uh, in those videos and you always get somebody's attention with it. Yeah. Like, like, uh, bro bought bro really bought calculator. Bro really bought, te- spent $10 on a calculator. They should, they should, uh, sponsor me. That's, they should. Yeah. Especially like if you're using it for your job, with all the, all the taxes that you do, you just pull out. Have you ever done that? Have you started doing taxes in front of someone and then said, oh, hold on, let me pull out my calculator and you just pull out your whole switch. That would be, that would be hilarious. Like prank yeah. at work. Like they just go into a meeting and they pull out my ca- my uh, switch. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. no, don't worry. I'm not playing games. It's my calculator. A calculator on here. <laughs> All right. Well, moving into Twitter or X, uh, I guess it's X at this point because who cares? Uh, we asked about full price games. Clockworth Clone said basic economics tell us that the market determines a product's value. Therefore, a product is merely worth what people are willing to pay for it, which in case, uh, in which case Mario Wonder is undoubtedly worth $60. It may even be worth 70. It probably could sell for a hundred. Honestly, it probably could. I mean, that is something that I was kind of talking about last week is like, it is, it is a piece of art. And when you have like the name behind it or the artist behind it, that piece of art goes up in value. And Nintendo drones will buy it anything. Right. You know about that. I don't know anything about that. I'm not a fanboy. <laughs> if this, if Mario Wonder was a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I would still buy it. <laughs> would you really? Yes. It's a Mario game. I mean, I okay. You have the luxury of 
of buying that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that I am in a position where I can afford to buy it mm-hmm. for a hundred dollars. I don't think that I would. I I think I would wait for it to. I was gonna say it would never sale, go on but sale. It's a, it's a Nintendo game, so yeah, that w- I would probably have to wait a long time. Okay, to, okay. Uh, what if it's a hundred dollars physical, but you could use a game voucher on it? <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> how much? So that would be seventy dollars. Fifty dollars. Well, fifty dollars. Yeah, so you get two game vouchers for a hundred dollars. That would be a Mario game that I would have to own digitally. <laughs> I guess, I guess I would do it. I don't know. How, how would you feel, Jeff? So, so what are you asking? How would I feel if it was a hundred dollars? If it was a hundred dollars, but then you had the option of just well, you already buy most of your games digitally, huh? Yeah, that doesn't bother me. If I if I could get it for fifty dollars on a voucher, yeah, I would, it wouldn't bother me. I'd do it that way. All right, but um, if it was a hundred dollars digitally, I I wouldn't spend a hundred dollars. I spent a hundred dollars on Starfield. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but I don't think I could spend a hundred dollars on. So on, you on said you had, game. you have Game Pass, right? Yep. Did you buy the digital version, like the hundred dollar version, or did you get the upgrade? No, I bought the full thing. Okay, because I, I I bought the the upgrade for forty dollars or thirty five, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and uh, just so I could play it a few days early. So, huh, it's interesting. And they say people don't buy games on Game Pass. (laughs) I I probably should have done it that way because then I could play it on Game Pass and then, like, down the road, like, when all the DLC have already come out, there'll be the Game of the Year edition or whatever they want to call it, uh, and that'll have all of it for $60 instead of me just spending it on the base game. But I'm a sucker, and I just went ahead and bought it. (laughs) So... Because but, it's a Bethesda game. I, You're I proving our know, point, Jeff. I just know that I'm going <laughs> to... I've already played this game for three days. <laughs> it's been I get, up for a week. I get it. All right. So I, I don't know. Like, are, Do you like Mario? Like, Are you going to get Mario Wonder? Yeah. I don't... But not right away. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that was possible that people could... Not buy <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> games day one. I yeah no I'm not gonna buy it right away. I'm gonna buy it eventually, but I already have the Mario RPG remake on pre-order. It was the second game I I got from I got Tears of the Kingdom in that on the voucher. Okay. So oh, nice. I got that coming up. So like, and then I I want to also play Sea of Stars, which is on Game Pass. So it's like, there's just so many games. I have yeah. to put a, I have to put a stop to it at, at some point. Well, Mario Wonder is going to be like five hours. You beat it in a sitting. It will be more than that. Maybe I'll just uh, I'll sign up for Gamefly for a month, maybe. (laughs) We can't all man. It's been like a month and a half since we (laughs) mentioned Gamefly. They're never going to sponsor us. Hashtag not a sponsor. Hashtag be a sponsor. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because the next comment is also about Mario Wonder. It's from Xanadude, who is a fantastic creator. Maybe we'll have to reach out. Xanadude, if you're listening, let us know if you want to be on. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is for sure a $70 game, in my opinion, but I will never pay $60 for a 2D Mario game, no matter how good it it just feels like you get a, a lot less game comparatively. 
I I definitely think that it's the experience that you get with it. And and I think maybe that is also part of Nintendo's like whole selling point is the memories that you make along the way. That sounds really dumb, but honestly, I think that is kind of what they want, especially with Mario Wonder. It's a four player local co-op game and kind of online, but more local co-op. And um, I, I think it's just, yeah, it's the experience, the new uh, items and characters and like enemies. And they're hoping that it, especially with wonder, I think they're hoping that this is a Mario game that you have never played before. And that's why they have it priced so high. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I think, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the price. If it is a $60 game, like, it's, it's going to be quality. Like somebody said up above, like, that is their wheelhouse. Like, this is not their first time making a 2D side scroller or just a 2D platformer. It's going to be good. But what were you going to say, Jeff? Sorry, uh, I was going to say, you can be Yoshi and also ride Yoshi. It's true. So, that's that's their selling point. $70 game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am surprised that they did not make this one 70 because well, yeah, Because I, it's a Mario game. I feel like that would just totally just dilute the whole like we put all this time into tears of the kingdom to make it $70. If they mm. just made the next big game, $70, it would just be like, I don't know. It just, it would just ruin that whole, the whole reasoning behind it, I guess. It'd just be silly. Be like They probably need to make like the next 10 games, $60 and then they'll start to like sprinkle it in. Well, they made Pikmin four sixty because they want people to actually buy that game. Mm. Which I mean, it sounds like people did. Maybe we don't. We'll know soonish. Yeah. Except it's, it's selling well in Japan. It's selling well in Japan. We don't know how it's doing over here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I I I get what Xana Dude is saying, but I think that I'm going to have a lot of fun, especially playing it with my wife. Um, that was, she does like playing Yoshi and it does kind of suck that like you can't use items or become an elephant or like any, any of that stuff just because that is a character that is for, uh, like an easier mode or accessibility. Like that's cool. But I wish that it would have been an option as to what characters you wanted to choose for that mode. Because, like, people that want to just play as Yoshi are not going to have the same experience as others that are playing it at, the, at like, a, a normal uh, difficulty. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. The uh, I'm going to buy it. I, d- I do agree with people that think it should be cheaper. Because, like, you're going to get... It's going to take five hours to beat the game. It's going to take five hours. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Johnny is saying now that it should be cheaper. Game is going to come out. 
He's going to be like, oh, this is definitely worth the $60 tweet posted. Yeah. And then I'll make a TikTok about it and they'll get all mad at me and then free engagement. <laughs> I was like, so uh, these next couple of comments are, are about Mario and the video that we had posted about how Mario, I think Cheesy said Mario hasn't been represented well on the Switch, which I thought was the hot take, but apparently liking the Mario Switch is a hotter take than that but uh crashing game night matt said about that if you're talking about new mario games odyssey and wonder are it but if you include ports and virtual console there's a ton on switch which there are a ton of mario games on switch and Mm -hmm. everybody has forgotten about mario maker 2 which is also a new mario game yeah but i think people (laughs) kind of forgot about it when it came out it didn't have the same impact that it did on on Wii U. I mean, I think there's a... It's such a cool concept. Mm-hmm. But people suck at making Mario levels. Wow. It just uh, really hurt a lot of people that spent hours making their courses. And Do you, do you, want, a, you want a hot take? What's a hot take? <laughs> People suck at making Mario courses on Mario Maker. And the ones that are good are Kaizo Mario levels. And I hate Kaizo Mario because you would never have to do what you do in Kaizo Mario in an actual Mario game. It doesn't make you good at Mario games. You're just good at that type of platforming. What what is that? Is that like the... Where you have to like time everything exactly perfectly. Yeah, and... yeah. Where you have to like do shell jumps, which you would never do in a Mario game. You have to like ride. Pa- like, there's so many mechanics that you would never do in a Mario game. That's why I can't stand it. Well, I, okay. To say that you never would do it, I think, is wrong, because you can do it, especially in the speedrunning community. But are they asking you to do it? No, it's just well, not even, people not have even... found a new way to play Mario. I, I get what you're saying. I th- one of the reasons I'm not a fan of Mario Maker is because I feel the same way. Like I just want to play like what the developers made, and like they have an understanding of how to make levels and how they want the player to engage with them. I do think that there are some really creative people out there. Like, um, I, I think his name is Metroid Mike. He made Super Mario Bros. 5, Five? or something. Yeah, was that what it was called? Yeah. I mean, those were incredible. And he spent years making those. So you you can see, like, the love of, of like, older Mario games and just his development and and how all of that came together. But when it comes to just random people making the levels, sometimes they're just not as good. And I'd rather just play a Mario game that was already like, that's the the story, the story mode, the story mode of Mario maker two is, is fun. Yeah. And that's actually the reason why I have Mario maker two is because they actually made levels where you could go in and, and, uh, and play those that were made by people that know what they're doing. I will say there is one creator 
on Mario Maker 2 that makes really good levels. Their name's John Ebo. And <laughs> Jeff, have you played Mario Maker 2? No, I know what it is, but no. Have you played you haven't played Mario Maker at all, like the Wii U version or two? No. I never had a Wii U, so I never there's a lot of Wii U games I never played. Oh, that's why it failed. Because <laughs> Jeff didn't buy one. Dang. Busy playing my Xbox. Didn't even realize <laughs> it was a thing. I got a comment, or we got I think we might have got a comment about Wii U on something. I oh yeah, know. yeah. They were talking about the ports and how like if you didn't have a Wii U, the Switch is fantastic for mm-hmm. for some of those games. Like Super Mario 3D World is phenomenal and everybody should play it. Jeff, have you played mm-hmm. 3D World? I bought it. And oh my god. That it's it's a really good game. Yeah. And I, then I and then they have Bowser's Fury, which is just a great add-on. Yeah, I think it's the most underrated Mario game, if a Mario game can be underrated. Hmm. I I get that because of the cat suit. Like, when they first announced it, I was like, what is this gimmick? Like, obviously, it's cats, and cats are going to sell well, and, like, you know, it's cats. Like, it's hmm. the best! It's actually a really good power-up. It's so fun. So, yeah. And uh, Crashing Game Night is also a great creator and uh, podcaster. So we need to have uh, Matt on. Matt, if you're listening, come on to the show. Um, on Instagram, kind of talking about the... Oh, no, this is different. We, we are talking Ubisoft, about yeah. yeah Ubisoft and how you shouldn't buy them on release. Well, that's what Johnny said. I I agree with it. Um, slap it to base, Mon. And, which I'm hoping is a I love you, man reference, because that movie is fantastic. Uh, they said, man, I've enjoyed some of the older Far Cries and Fry Ghost Kai, Recon. Fry Cries, that's hilarious. Oh, that was a <laughs> that was a typo on my part. Far Cry and Ghost Recons. Ubisoft always embellish with their trailers, but always put out a decent product. Not amazing products, but decent. But you know what would be a good product is uh, Far Cry. Fry Cry. I messed <laughs> Fry up the, Cry. Yeah, the that's joke. All... I... <laughs> Jeff, how do you feel about Ubisoft games? I uh, agree with the sentiment that you should probably never buy a Ubisoft game right away. Yeah, I mean, that's they go on sales. I do love them, but yeah. They go on sale so fast. I mean, they do have good games. Like they're not like this. Like this person said, they're they're decent. They're not amazing. Mm-hmm. They all kind of play the same. All their open worlds are pretty much the same. You climb a tower, unlock the map. I love Assassin's Creed. I've always loved Assassin's Creed, but I have all also always bought Assassin's Creed two years after it came out for. <laughs> ten dollars for the gold edition that has all the stuff so i mean it's and mirage uh, mirage looks great i post we posted a video on when we were talking about ubisoft and i was pulling b-roll footage for mirage and it looks like it looks really good it does but i am not gonna buy it at launch because why first of all there's so many other games out 
And it's going to go on sale before Christmas. Yeah, I'll probably, what, be on sale Black Friday? Probably. Probably, yeah. Because I think even, like, Mario plus Rabbids, when that came out last year, mm. that was on sale by Black Friday. Right away, yeah. So, wait, are you saying that, like, the, I forget the name of it, Outlaws? Star Wars Outlaws, I think is the name? Yeah. Are yeah, you yeah. the... Are you going to wait for that? That's painful. Yeah, there it is. That's painful. Because I love Star Star Wars. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite IPs. Uh But I'm so torn because it's Ubisoft and I know how that game's going to play. And it's, uh, I hope I'm wrong. But I will buy it day one because it's it's Star Wars. (laughs) I I pre-ordered and paid full price for uh, Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like would probably wasn't the best idea, because I bought Jedi Fallen Order for six dollars, like two oh, weeks really? before. Yeah, I played it on Game Pass. Like it was on Game Pass for a while, but I bought it for six dollars on the Microsoft Store like three weeks before Jedi Survivor came out. Like I know I want to have this in my library, so uh-huh. I bought it for six dollars. So th- the fact that I bought. Jedi Fallen Order for $6, and then I went and I paid full price $70. Actually, I think it was more because it was like had extra stuff with the pre-order version. So mm-hmm. I paid the full price for it. Now I'm thinking like, wow, I could probably have waited until next year. Yeah. I honestly forgot I that mean, that game we... came out this year. Like it, that <laughs> so came cool. out like a couple months ago, four yeah, months it was, ago. It came, out, it came out like three days before Tears of the Kingdom or something. Oh, that's right. Like a, like a week or something before. It was the end of... The end of April and then like the middle of May, just the game yeah. came out. Uh, I mean, like, do we know if Survivor is is on sale already? It probably I is. Know. It's an EA game. Be. Yeah, EA is the same way. Yeah, but I, that's it's a 3D Metroidvania, so it's a good game. Yeah, and it's Star Wars. Yeah, a solid solid series. Um, oh, this, this is me. Yeah, I think it's going back to Mario again. Yeah, we're like these. These episodes are getting longer and longer. We're at an hour and fifteen minutes, just so you know. Okay, Probably we don't have much ahead. left. Yeah, we don't have much left. I do want to talk about this because there will be no Mario Odyssey slander in this house. <laughs> so this is from Demon Demon I, I George. Think it's- I think it's Damien. Damien. Damien George. Okay, well, Damien George says, Odyssey felt unfinished to me. You're wrong. Like, conceptually, I think I get what they were going for, but it didn't feel polished and cohesive enough. New Donk City really fell into Uncanny Valley. I have the concept art book for the game, and some of the much earlier concepts they had in mind, to me, were much stronger. New Donk originally looked more like Manhattan in the new animated Mario Bros. movie. Everything felt like it belonged in the same world. I think in later iterations, they really wanted to break away from the classic Nintendo aesthetic, hence why some kingdoms just felt a bit out of place. But that's what made it so good. They were so varied. Like mm-hmm. You go to a, a, a prehistoric kingdom, then you go into this weird food kingdom. Like, man, yeah, that's it's, the one that comes to mind for me. It's so yeah, good. Cool. Like It's so... It's it's unfinished because they should have added more. They should have gave us DLC. 
And if if the next Mario game isn't Odyssey, like an Odyssey 2, I'm going to feel disappointed because like that was a fantastic game. Give me more. Mhm. I agree. I I do kind of agree with what they were saying about the art book because if you've ever seen the art book, there's a lot of unfinished ideas or at least like when you look at Toasterina, there looks like there was a lot more that they wanted to do with it than what was given. But I still don't think that like Odyssey is a bad game. I I mean, I enjoyed it all the way through. I think it's that same sense of discovery that we got with Breath of the Wild. So it was cool to kind of see both of Nintendo's big characters kind of have that element of surprise. And uh, and yeah, the, the ending is also very surprising. I think it's just a good time. You go to the moon. Yeah, the moon. The moon is a lot of fun. It has low ga- gravity. That game is just perfect. <laughs> if, if Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild didn't exist, that would be the best. Yeah, and then you you finish it, and then they're like, "Look at all these other other moons you can now get." Yeah, and then you have like another like ten hours worth of gameplay. Yeah, and where you wake up, you're like, uh, "Is it? It's a it's a five year old game now, right?" I, I don't know if I want to spoil it, but when it's you really wake cool up after area. the credits, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Crimson Slim says not to mention the Mario plus rabbits games hit it out of the park. And this person is right. We actually got that a lot when talking about Mario. Cause I was saying like, Oh, there's Odyssey and Mario bros. Wonder is coming out. And that's pretty much it of like new Mario games that are out on switch. And a lot of people mentioned Mario plus rabbits. I agree with them a hundred percent. Like I love the Mario and rabbits games, but I still would count that as just a Ubisoft property. Like, yes, it does involve Mario, but as far as like Nintendo, and I guess I didn't really like clarify that, but that's all that we've gotten is just Odyssey. We're getting wonder. And I guess Mario maker two, we could put Mario maker two in there as a, as a new game. That's, that's about it. I suppose you got to ask yourself, are games like Mario and Sonic at the Olympics a Mario game? And if you say no, then I would say that Mario and Rabbids is also not really a Mario Mario game. I would argue, yeah, I see what you're saying. I would argue like the Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is more of a Mario game than Sparks of Hope because that one kind of is more about the Rabbids than it is about Mario and, and those characters. I think a lot of people get caught up on this idea that Nintendo just reuses their IP, you know, just um, Zelda, Mario, mm-hmm. Kirby. But because, you know, Mario has so many games that have his name in the title, like Mario Strikers, mm-hmm. Mario Golf. But yeah. I don't like what when I say I want a Mario game, I want a platformer, you know, 2D or 3D, not not. Uh-huh. A sports game, not. I mean, I want Mario Kart Nine too, but, um, but yeah, I want a mainline Mario game, and we don't get them very often. Yeah, Mario Paint Two. There you go. They kind of are. So you didn't play Mario Maker. They kind of have references to 
Mario Paint in Mario Maker. It's fantastic. They have the Fly Swatter game. Mm-hmm. Oh, I used best. to love that as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. They also mentioned like Luigi's Mansion 3. And like, I love Luigi probably more than Mario. And so, and, and Luigi's Mansion 3 is a beautiful game. So much fun to play. But no, it's not a Mario game. It's a Luigi game. Give him this respect. You got banned. I didn't know. Yeah. You went to Super Nintendo World? I did, yeah. Nice. What did you think? I, it, it, was, uh, it was a lot. It was, <laughs> it was a lot, uh, yeah. I went, we went for my birthday in March, and it had just opened like two weeks before. So it was filled with people, mm. and that coin sound was happening repeatedly from every direction. It does and happen a lot. There was uh, at any point seven people in my the, in my near vicinity, so uh, I we stayed there for like maybe like twenty minutes and we left. Oh, um, we saw some lady uh, crouch into a corner and cry because she was so overwhelmed, and we were like, "Yeah, that's about it's about time to get out." That of here. is that's disappointing because you know I've been wanting to go since it opened, but after you know talking to Crawler and Josh on the Nintendo Powercast and what they said about. Nintendo Live, like that sounded like a much better experience for for Nintendo fans. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And I, yeah, I, I did the ride. I went to uh, Toad's Cafe. Like I, I did all of it that you could in Super Nintendo World. But I also was lucky enough to go on a day that was like a it was a preview event, so there weren't a lot of people. But then after the park opened and I saw all of these videos of like basically how there's no crowd control. Right. It, it would just be a nightmare. Well the Universal Studios has uh the park has like a thing where if there's gonna be a lot of people going to a certain area of the park that you have to like schedule a time to go there. Mm-hmm. And they didn't for Mario. For the for the, Mar- the Super Nintendo World area, so people would just go in. It was just filled with people. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll calm down in, you know, a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know. Going. Now, like, it's probably just gonna get bigger. Yeah, like, true. Uh, maybe if they open the one in Florida, I'll have people go to Florida instead of California because it yeah. should be bigger. Mm-hmm. So this is from uh, Rose Cardinal, yeah. and this is talking about the Super Mario Edition Nintendo Switch OLED. It says the matte red is nice, but that should just be a color option, not a special edition. Now I think I think I mean, do, are they charging more for this? I don't know if they've said the price. Because I Tears guess of I the Kingdom, just assumed that it would be the same. It's Tears of the Kingdom, and I think. Splatoon 3 were $360. Yes. When the normal price is $350. Yeah. So I don't know if... Well, now I'm going to the website. I think, though... Like, I get what this person is trying to say is that we've had a lot of color options in, in the past. And it's kind of surprising that we haven't seen that with the Switch, other than maybe, like, the Switch lights... There's been a lot of different colors, um, but you would think that they would want more color options just to make it more personable. And that's like my biggest gripe with the Switch is that it's not really 
It doesn't feel like yours. It just feels like you have the console that everybody else has, but it's not like you don't get to put a theme behind it. You don't get to put covers on it. I guess you can switch out the Joy-Con and that's kind of like your own personal switch and, and the colors that you want on it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I it's with their past uh, consoles. Do you think that they would have in handhelds that they would do more options like that? Well, it is 350, so they're not pricing it at those special edition prices. And it's called the Nintendo Switch OLED model Mario Red Edition. So it's not like... I guess it is a special edition. I, I, I like it. I think it's clean. I don't know. Yeah. That's I wrong. I consider it if I didn't already have a Switch. Like if I was buying a Switch or in the market for one, I would consider it. But I probably would go for the Zelda one. Zelda one is really nice. Like that is that is the favorite one that I have. And I don't need this one. I don't <laughs> need it. I I'm just I'm predicting a couple weeks from now we're gonna have a TikTok of you see, showing that off with the the usual thing that you do. See, it's easy to make your money back on a ten dollar calculator app. <laughs> it's not that easy to make your money back on a three hundred and fifty dollar switch you do need to clip that part out of the show though that says i don't i don't want it or i don't need it whatever you said and then (laughs) when you buy the mario switch that's the next clip that shows up (laughs) try to try not to Uh uh-huh maybe i'll sell it uh i could get rid of one well our last comment is on spotify from john from the future Good to hear from you again. Full price is an arbitrary number that companies have invented and most of society doesn't want to change. Uh, No game can be worth full price because there shouldn't be a full price game. That That was uh, deep. Yeah, that's some like big brain thinking. (laughs) So I know it's not John that's. It's not I you, mean, Johnny, in that's five years or whatever, comments. but now I'm a year older, so now I'm you know, closer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in five years, my brain will be working like that. <laughs> but I, I get it. It's a, it's a, it is a, I mean, everything's made up, right? Money's made up. Value is made up. Like, who says that a dollar's worth a dollar? Somebody says this is worth a dollar or this is worth this much. And everybody's like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, everything's made up and the points don't matter. Exactly. Great That's reference. Your... Great show. <laughs> That's your philosophy for this week. Yep. <laughs> Nothing matters. Once you once you you will become very zen or like have a better outlook on your life once you realize nothing matters. Nothing that you do matters. Because Whoa. you're going to die. Okay. And everybody around you is going to die. So the people causing you stress are going to die. You know? Even if you... If, even if I buy this Super Mario Switch edition. And there's a, ki- a little kid that wants to buy it. And there's only one left. And I don't let him buy it. I buy it. It doesn't matter because that little kid is going to die eventually. Wow. And on that happy note, <laughs> I 
can't Jeff. wait for you guys to get those therapy bills in the mail from your, your viewers. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show. Not only being on the show, but also just listening and being one of our first listeners and, and supporting us. I mean, this is episode 20. I didn't think that we would get this far. And uh, it's people like you and the rest of our community that are helping us out. So that really means a lot, man. Yeah, of course. Well, where where can people find you? I'm Jeff Troidvania everywhere, literally. If there's a social media, there's probably a Jeff Troidvania account. That's true. You asked if I had a, a blue sky, uh, blue sky <laughs> invitation. I was like, I, Twitter, I don't. Blue but sky, I... spoutable, mastodon, Instagram, <laughs> uh, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, I mean, name it, and I probably have an account on there with that Jeff Troidvania. N64 Josh has the joke of uh, farmers only. Are you on there? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I think maybe that's the next one you need to get on. I, I do play a lot of Stardew Valley. Yeah, so see, there you that's go. That's true, yeah. What's the, what's the criteria? <laughs> I, uh, being a farmer. Threads just archived on my phone, so that's <laughs> how long it's been since I used that thing. Mm. Used it a lot in the first like two weeks, and then haven't been on it. Well, Johnny, where can people find you? I'm uh, Johnny Bo. Not literally everywhere, but Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and the Nintendo Powercast. You can find me on TikTok, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, our Discord, uh, the Nintendo Powercast, Cheesy C sixty four C H E E Z Y C. 64 jeff thank you again for being on our show thank you really appreciate it and you're on the longest episode ever of the communication air podcast (laughs) 